Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our first reading is from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 15, verses 12 through 26. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is, not for, he is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Challenge on Easter Sunday, of course, is to try not to deliver everything that we could say about the resurrection and still get to Easter Sunday dinner. I'll try to constrain myself that if the spirit grabs me, I apologize now. Now I've got some thoughts. That we have several different accounts of Easter Sunday morning and we kind of rotate through them different Easters. I know they're a year apart so you may not notice but the preacher kind of has to. 
So we have Matthew's version today, and it's got a few neat parts about Easter Sunday morning in it. First, in that part of the world in that day, and in some cultures in that part of the world of this day, it takes two women to give the same witness that one man could give. And that's wrong. Peoples is peoples, right? Jesus taught better than that. But just to make sure in the story, the two women, Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary, of course, had been delivered of demons by Jesus and became one of his disciples. And he had several Marys. It was a fairly common name in the, the crew, and I'm not sure which one the other Mary is. Probably not his mom, they would have said so. But Mary and Mary were at the crucifixion. They had followed Jesus. They had helped with, with the care and feeding of the disciples as they traveled. They were there when they laid him in the tomb and had to prepare in haste because it was getting dark. And when the second star shines in the sky and the Sabbath begins, they have to be out of the tombs and home. So now it's the first day after the Sabbath, the first light to go see what's going on. And they go to see the tomb. They're not done grieving yet. And as I said, when Herald Angel blows the trumpet, it can get dramatic. Thunder and an earthquake. And an angel rolled a stone away. And the guards were, were struck as, as dead men. It knocked them right out. There's more to the story later if you want to read more about people coming back to say, let's pay the guards to say they fell asleep, which is a big deal. You could get killed for that. But they paid them off and sent them away instead. Anyway. Then a phrase gets repeated twice that we hear at Christmas time in a couple of messages. We hear a lot throughout the Bible. Do not be afraid. They've spent a couple of days in sheer terror. The one whom they loved and who loved them in fulfillment of prophecy that they still didn't quite understand any of the disciples has been brutally murdered. The worst form of execution they had in that day. In fact, it was so bad a Roman citizen could not be crucified. It was illegal. They crucified everybody else, but not each other. They had other ways of death for each other. Terrible. But then the angel says, do not be afraid. Jesus has to echo that. I can try to imagine being so stunned at that tomb that I'd need an angel and Jesus to tell me something to make it stick. I'd be so dazed. I'd be so dazzled. I'd be, I don't know what I'd be. And then he says it again. He says, he adds to it, don't hang around here. He doesn't say, go to the temple in Jerusalem where we're going to take over. What does he say? Go home to Galilee. Go where Jesus started with you. Go where he called you, healed you, raised you up, saved you, and has prepared you for a new job you're going to get in a few days called apostles. Tell my brothers to meet me there at home in Galilee. The angel tells them once. Jesus has to tell them again, do not be afraid. We don't need to be afraid to this day at a tomb or a graveside or a deathbed. As hard as it is being as mortal as we are, we do not need to be afraid. Sorrowed, yes. 
Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus and showed what grief for a brother or sister is. But we do not need to be afraid. And Jesus says, don't, don't hang around the tomb. Meet me in Galilee. And, and one of the gospel stories has him cooking a fish on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and calling his fishermen from the boat. And Simon Peter, being Simon, can't wait for the boat to come ashore. He jumps overboard and wades ashore to get to Jesus first. He gets confronted with some difficult questions, but that's another story. A friend of mine, one of my classmates, went to the Holy Land and visited. And One of the things he got to do was, was visit this spot on the Sea of Galilee. And in the Holy Land, of course, they preserved all kinds of spots. They said, this is where it happened. If you've ever been to Plymouth Rock, and you say, that's the rock? Well, he went to the Sea of Galilee and I said, there's the rock. He's scratching his head. That's the rock where Jesus was cooking the fish when Simon came ashore. They preserved the spot. Doesn't matter if it's the right rock or not. It's the story behind it that's remembered. That Jesus will come to meet us in our various Galilees. We come to church to meet him, yes. We come to church to celebrate his resurrection. Of all people, I won't denigrate that activity, coming to church. But when we go back to our Galilee, when we've gone away from the sunrise service or away from the gathering to worship, what is our Galilee? Galilee is where these guys fished. One even collected taxes, although I think he got over that job. And they did their, their various daily activities and where Jesus took them and called them and, and put them to work it was from Galilee, home. Jesus meets us in our Galilees. He meets us at home. He meets us literally at home, in the workplace, the school, the playground, where you go for recreation, all the other different things we do in life. Keep your eyes open. We'll meet Jesus there. We'll meet an opportunity to serve in his stead. We'll meet an opportunity to reflect his love. Or someone might reflect it to us when we least expect it. Look for Jesus in Galilee. The story had begun to fade even by the time that Paul wrote his letter to the church at Corinth. Now in Corinth, one could be easily distracted Without painting too much color to the picture, I'll let your imaginations do that. Here's a town that had wonderful trade. It was a crossroads for many different nationalities. They had too much going on. They had too much money, too much activity, too much forms of entertainment, too many. It was a colorful place to be. If you're going to get distracted from the gospel, it might be in Corinth. Paul had to write them two letters and go back and visit to remind them what he'd preached to them. And already within the first generation after those who saw the risen Christ, he says, what you talking about there's no resurrection? Christ, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ is not raised, I gotta go find honest work anyway and we're wasting our time here this morning. Christ has risen, is risen from the dead. True, for real. The historical, outside the Bible, the historical accounts of the numbers of people 
who saw the risen Jesus are amazing. And some people have tried to blow that off and say, that was, that was mass hypnosis. Somebody hypnotized the crowd. Well, I've experienced a crowd being hypnotized, and there's always 20% that can't be. I had a caregiver try to hypnotize me, and he about went crazy because I won't go under. I'm one of that 20%. Even when I wanted to for benefit, you know, I can't do it. I'm too stubborn. But mass hypnosis is a myth. It doesn't work. I've seen people in a, in a hypnotist show pass right out, kind of like a sermon, and they weren't just, we had to wake her up before we could leave the auditorium. The practitioner had to go up there and whatever they do to wake her back up again. But it doesn't work. And I've heard people who studied too long, put too much head in, in the wrong books, who said, well, the resurrection is an important event in the life of the church, but it was obviously only a spiritual event. It couldn't possibly have happened. I refuse to limit God to the size of my brain and what I can conceive. That would be a rather puny God for me. If Christ is risen from the dead and God's word says so and hundreds, even thousands of witnesses testified to it, to their death, how many people would die like Christ for a lie? Not me. Be hard enough to be martyred for the truth. And they did. If Christ has been raised by dead, raised from the dead, then we too have that eternal life. We're born as children of Adam and Eve, who in their sin lost the Garden of Eden, and they got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and boy, do we have that still. But they lost the tree of life, the tree of life that's going to be in 12 groves in the New Jerusalem in the promised city to come, so it will always be in bloom, we'll have the tree of life forever, but we lost it with the Garden of Eden. Jesus is the first fruits. Jesus is the fruit of the tree of life for us. Yes, this mortal body is gonna wear out or get sick or do something stupid, whatever happens, but my real life and the life of every one of us is raised with Christ as the new person into an eternal life, a glorious life. The apostle John tries to describe some of it in the revelation, but he's stuck with human words. We won't know until we see it in its fullness, but we know from Christ's resurrection that it's real, that it's true. And because we have that, I can go back to what the angel told the ladies, what the angel told Mary, what the angel told the shepherds, what Jesus told the ladies there at the tomb, be not afraid. We don't need to fear. And that applies to each and every one. Please don't think, okay, that's for those regular churchgoers, or that's for the really saintly, or there's something in my life that stands between... If there's something in your life that stands between you and Jesus, he's ready to reach right over it and lift you up. We do not need to fear. Yes, we don't know how our end will come. We don't know when it will come of this life, but we know it's not an end because Christ is risen from the grave. 
the first fruits of all of the children of God. And that is promised to each and every one of us. So we start with do not be afraid. And then we lift it to hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ the Lord is risen indeed for each and every one of us merely for saying thank you, Lord. Merely for the acceptance of the salvation. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.